It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. High pressure in the Tasman Sea moves in over the South Island today, bringing a mix of sun and clouds. A cold front moves northwards over the North Island with snow flurries about the ranges of Wadadapa, Gisborne and the Central Plateau, the odd shower further north. Catch live netball commentary of the Silver Ferns taking on Jamaica's Sunshine Girls this weekend on SENZ. Gull, fueling your mission all year round. Your home for everything rugby league. This is Running It Straight with Tony Kemp and Sam Hewitt on SENZ. Oh, that is Yeah, hey, welcome into Running It Straight, a special two-hour extravaganza. Um, you had one of those last week, Kempi, but I was away, unfortunately, down the sunny Hawke's sunny, Bay. Sunny yourself on the eastern beaches of New Zealand. <laughs> beautiful, absolutely beautiful, but I did not stay away from rugby league. I can't stay away. Um, so we've got tons to talk about in the next two hours. Um, really want your input on double eight double three, or you can call us anytime, actually, 0800 150811. We're really just going to chat through the games and talk through what's coming up this weekend. So if you want to jump in on the conversation, um, by all means, pick up the phone, 0800 150 We're going to talk with uh, Terry Campisi, Campo. Campo. I asked if he, was the, if he was the original Campo, but of course, no, David Campisi, his uncle. Yeah. So uh, Terry, the, the nephew of, um, 139 games for Canberra. Could play. Uh, went up to Super League as well, very hard man. And uh, obviously the Raiders, um, they finished eighth during the season, um, beat the Storm convincingly over the weekend, and... We've spoken so much about Souths and, and we spoke about the Roosters. We spoke about even the Broncos before they moved out of the eight. But no one's talking about the Raiders. So I want to talk about to Terry about it and whether he thinks they're the real deal. And Kempe, I think the Raiders are one of those teams over the last 20 years that have had that finals hoodoo. Never been able to break. Apart from that title win, I think it was 94, they've never been able to just get through you know the final. They obviously made that grand final, and they're like a prick, they're like a prickle. They are like a prickle under your under your thumb. You know what I mean, or, mm. or under your foot, and you keep they keep reminding you that they're there. Yeah. So um, they're not going away, mate. They the Melbourne couldn't put them to bed last week. But what is it about? What has it been though over the last twenty years that they just haven't been able to get the job done? One grand final, I think, in twenty years, and that was that twenty nineteen against. Uh, was that against the Roosters? Or was it against the Storm? I'm trying to remember that grand final, the one with the controversial six again call. You remember oh, with Jack yes. Whiten? Yeah, um, that's right. You know, but they, so that was really the only time. So I mean, what, what's it? What what's been going on over the last twenty for the Raiders? Are they just not fit enough when it comes to finals footy? Are they do they not have the right personnel? Is it just a mental thing? Or I don't I don't know whether it's a drama. Like there always seems to be a drama. Um, happening down in Canberra mm. at some stage of the year, and it and it sort of derails their their push towards a top four spot. I think if they get through a top four spot and they get a second life, they're a different different team. Mm. But they've won seven from eight in the in their in their run home, and Melbourne, full of superstars, couldn't get rid of them. No. They had and you, I watched the game again last night. You know what I mean, Melbourne Canberra, and they just couldn't put them to sleep. No. They, 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 they were on the canvas, but just couldn't knock them out. I think one of the, yeah, probably one of the defensive performances of the round from Canberra because 
you know, by all means, just probably shouldn't have won that game, but they but they managed to get the job done. Um, so we're going to chat with Terry Campisi after two thirty. Uh, we're also going to chat with Brad Walter out of NRL.com uh, around about three thirty and look ahead to this weekend's games. But uh, yeah, look, we're going to we're going to get stuck and we're going to talk through the uh, the Panthers Eels game, the Raiders Storm game uh, in the first hour, and then we'll go through the other two uh, in the second hour. But really want your contributions. So double eight double three. That's the Temper Bed Post text machine, or you can give us a call. 0800-150-811. Join the conversation. But we start the show like we always do with Kempe's Call. Kempe's Call. Yeah, what a first week of finals football. And the question is, can week two deliver a knockout punch like they did in week one? Yep. Sorry about the punt. While the Panthers and the Cowboys sun themselves on the eastern beaches of Australia, four more teams will duke it out for the right to meet both in the major semis next week. Here's the question. Will we see another hell for leather ding-dong scrap like the South Roosters encounter where everything is thrown at each other, including the kitchen sink? Or will the teams playing this weekend understand that they will need all hands on deck next week if they are to survive sudden death? The Panthers and Cowboys look like a shoo-in for me for the grand final. I reckon whoever wins this week will limp into the major semis, and if that's the case, the Panthers will maul their opponents and the Cowboys will let go of the hammer while striking the trigger in their shootout for the GF spots. Panthers-Cowboys, looking likely. That was Kempe's call. Oh, one of your better ones, Kempe. Not, not, that, not that you know they're all good, but uh, that was one of your better ones. Um, I can't wait to talk about the games coming up, um, but let's let's take a look maybe first at that Panthers-Eels game because, um, you know, the Eels have been the team... Uh, yeah, well, they were the team that beat the Panthers this year. Of course, there was that red card to Nathan Cleary during, but um, they slipped into the top four. You know, with one week remaining in the in the regular season, which gave them that second life and gave them that uh, match up against the Panthers, who I think Eels fans were confident going into that game, Kempe. You know, a lot of people tipping the Eels. The fans thought this was it. They had the wood over them. They thought after that regular season match, and. Rather than being a team that sits in third or second playing the Sharks or Cowboys, they wanted the Panthers. Like they wanted that matchup. Every and everyone had every right to feel confident too, having beaten them twice this year and having the wood over over seemingly the Panthers. But you know, the big question was how would Nathan Cleary come back after having a month off football? Yeah. And I'll tell you what how he came back. He came back better than when he left. Mm. And he was the major difference. I was watching the game going, Man, this guy Everything he's touching has turned into gold. And they got into the game. Dylan Edwards, I don't know if you watched watched Dylan Edwards' game early on. Dylan Edwards was taking a carry every single set of six. So he was catching a kick reception and taking a carry. So he's carrying the ball twice in the first 20 minutes and setting, setting the tone for the team along with uh, Isaiah, Isaiah Fisher-Harris um, getting in, stuck into the middle of the park. But then Nathan Cleary stepped up and put that first bomb up and... They couldn't take it. Then he put another one up, and then they just—you could just see. The, oh, it was it Palmer was Blake. it was Paul like Palmer they, Blake. It was like you know, you know how you how you get a wet cloth and you just <laughs> squeeze all the water out. Of it. it was like it was like watching that. It was really horrible to watch because the ball's coming down. You're going, nah, man, you, you've got yeah, to get this one. Yeah. And next one he drops it, and yeah. and you just knew that Nathan Cleary was just. He was just tightening up the the, yeah. the valve, mate, and 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 they got him in the end. And he's a he's a real confidence guy for me, Kempi. When you watch State of Origin, I think you saw that Queensland. You get a hold of Nathan early, 
and you squeeze, to use your analogy, you squeeze, you put the pressure back on him, and that's where I think he starts to second-guess himself. But see, what happened in that Eels game is once he put up a couple of those bombs, saw that Wonga Blake was vulnerable, it, his eyes light up, and he just becomes almost a completely different player. Um, he ended up having two tries, just 108 run beaters and three tackle breaks. I actually thought... Um, Relative, the first half was actually relatively good for the Eels. I actually thought they were they were holding their own. And I thought, hey, they, they might actually do this. Well, it, was, could... it was it was a going it was going okay. Like they they couldn't get um, any points out of themselves to to sort of build pressure back on the Panthers. Panthers were just you know defending really really well. And then when they lost Mitchell Moses, they basically lost. I guess that that added. What do you think? That confidence that that Pen, Penrith Panthers have in around Mitchell Moses kicking yeah. game. Yeah, you know, and I thought Dylan Brown. Probably didn't have one of his better games. Um, he looked to he sort of was caught in two minds. He looked to run the ball. He, he needs looked to Moses. Pass the ball. He needs him there. Yeah, he's he, one of those guys. He just needs that guy outside him. He, yeah. You know? And and in the end, I just Penrith were clinical. You know, they just went to work. Their bench worked really well. I thought it was there was a lot of spite in there. I don't know if you noticed that, but there was a lot of spite, a lot of um, verbals going on in the tackle. Lenu, I don't know if you see him. He was calling out a number oh, of players. I old saw school. that one actually. And, yeah, uh, it was, was calling thinking, out. Um, who was he calling out? Um, Papali. It was Jose yeah. Papali. Yeah, 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 and I was thinking, man, they they actually. This is this is one thing that I, f- I feel a little um, that other teams get done by here is by that they can really push the letter of the law with the referees. Mm. If you if you remember, there's one stage in the game and Crichton goes in, you know, there's nothing wrong with the tackle. Um, he goes in and he pulls a player off the and, and the referee stops the play. Now, he should have penalised Crichton, mm. but in the end he turned around and he penalised Parramatta. And mm. I'm like... That's what they get away with. Yeah, they can do anything, and the referees panic and give them the penalty. So I think they they run that letter of the law really well. But mate, they're the benchmark. And that, and that goes back to that comment that was made a few months ago about referees favouring team, you know, top teams because the assumption is that this team is the best because they're the best, and you naturally, I guess, as a as you know, as a human, you don't penalise them thinking, oh well, they can't be. You know what I mean? Because because they're at the top, whereas a team that's struggling, oh, well, they're going to give away more penalties because they're struggling, etc. And they're, and they're consistent with the way that they behave. That's the that's yeah. the big you know the way that they carry on in their their high energy and they're playing mm. everything at at at, uh, at a faster pace. When they do things like and Crichton runs in and it's still happening at a faster pace, the referees I reckon they just sort of panic. Yeah. And they go, well, there's nothing wrong with Penrith because they're on the top of the they're on exactly. the top of the game. Exactly. It must be Parramatta. Yeah. So well, it's a, it's a bit unfortunate that Parramatta didn't get through. I don't think they. Um, come out of this game feeling a hundred percent. You know, they. I think they threw a lot, a lot of the eggs in that same basket, thinking they might have got per, uh, Penrith. Yeah. I don't know whether they can get up this week. Yeah. Um, we'll go through uh, the game against the Raiders uh, in the next hour. Um, so, look, I thought um, particularly the middle forwards as well in that second half of Penrith just went to work, and that's what teams that are that are going to face them um, in the semi final and final are going to going to work out is that you got to you got to contain those guys in the second half James Fisher Harris I think I read that he had um, 100 13 carries for 100 meters and 25 tackles in just the first 33 minutes yeah. you know in his first stint I mean they just dominate the middle of the park don't well, they just... see Ivan's got such a good bench that he just tells boys and and he, I don't know if you watched the pregame and Ivan said you know it's all about the start like we need to start really well, get into the game, make sure we build pressure, and just stay at that tempo, keep that tempo going. So, you look at Dylan Edwards, you look at Fisher Harris, look at Campbell Gittard, um on the oppos- opposition, you know, just trying to battle and keep with them, mm. and they were making Parramatta middle were coming up with the errors. You know what I mean? So, I just, I just think 
with his bench, when he makes those those changes through that middle of the park, it actually allows players to do that 100-metre 100, carries, 13 carries in the first 33 minutes. Yeah. If he didn't have that back up on the bench, we talk about this about the Warriors, Yes, when you make those changes, that momentum stops. It doesn't stop with, with Penrith. And I think that, was, that happened with RCG as well. He did match them when he was on, but you know, as soon as he was off, you, took, you saw a market shift in the yield. So um, a comment from Brad Arthur after the game, he said, we didn't give ourselves a chance in the second half with a lack of field position, too many red zone errors. At 8-7 with 30 minutes to go, we gifted them field position. We were going set for set, and we were the first to break, really, because we made a couple of bad errors which gifted them cheap possession, and they got weight off of Nathan Cleary's kicking game. He kicked us to death. We can't be throwing a blame at Wonga Blake for making those errors. We need to defend them, and we need to move on to next week. So Brad Arthur pretty um, keen to, to flush the dunny and move on. Who was your player of the game then? Uh, oh, Nathan Cleary, hands down. Um, you know, Wonga Blake, I think, you know, without... The coach saying, mate, you should have caught those footballs. What he's saying was he's looking for a better reaction because he knew that the kicking game was coming. What yeah. was really surprising for me, and I mentioned this last week on on running it straight, is that you would have, you'd see Nathan Cleary hitting the ground a lot more because he'd been off for four weeks. You know, um, It's a tactic that coaches use when players are coming back and making them get up and down off the ground as much as possible because it chews up some energy. Mm. Mate, in that first half, they never got to him once. He was he was playing. I was surprised by that actually. Yeah, I would have thought they targeted him even off those kicks. And like, even if you give away a penalty, Kempe, you know, early on in the game, but you're trying to send a message to him, I don't think that's the worst thing. You know, they they almost seem scared to to do something wrong. Well, it is. It's it's running the gauntlet in it when you when you're getting to him late. You you've got to stay away from those halfbacks. That that's right. But there's nothing wrong with you know cuddling him and falling down on the ground with him and making him stand back up. Yeah. You know, and generally, if you're there or thereabouts, that's that's what they'll try and make you do. So, um, I think they missed that part. I think I think uh, Brad Arthur will, you know, if they get another shot at it, they might might do it differently next time. But any team that plays Penrith, if they do not get to Nathan Cleary um, and put kick pressure on them. That's probably one of the biggest parts of the, of the game you're going to lose. So Panthers move on. They get a week off. Um, Eels will play the Raiders. We will talk about that game in the second hour. Um, the Raiders and the Storm game, what we might do, Kimby, uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Uh, we'll talk the Raiders v Storm. And then remember, after 2.30, we're going to get Terry Campisi on, the former Canberra Raiders hard man. Get him to cast his eye over um, how the Raiders might be sitting uh, this year, whether or not they can go all the way. Do they have all the uh, all the pieces they need? Um, we're going to catch up with them after 2.30. 2.30. But we'll take a break. Um, text through on double eight double three if you want to uh, have your say or give us a call 0800 150 811. Can't forget my Auckland family catching the high ball under the bright lights at Eden Park. Man, I love playing. One of the greatest games on earth. We're talking rugby league. This is Running It Straight on SENZ. Yeah, welcome back into Running It Straight. Sam and Kempe with you through until 4 o'clock. Uh, send through any messages you got, any questions on double eight double three. I've got one in here from Sam, which I'm actually going to ask you a little bit later on, Kempe. It's about Joey Tarpany and mm. whether he thinks uh, whether you think the Warriors can get him. Um, one thing that did really interest me, actually, just before we move on to Raiders Storm, speaking of the Eels, um, did you see the uh, Isaiah Papali'i interview no. that came out earlier in the week? Uh, I think Kez has got it there. Have a listen to this, an interview with Fox, Fox League. Can you confirm right here, right now, that you will be at the Tigers come pre-season for the 2023 season? For me, um, what we have at hand at the moment is a massive opportunity and it's a door dice I'm kind of focused right now on uh, this Friday night and what I can do for this club right here and now. You understand Tigers fans want to hear you say it. Yeah, uh, I'm sure. Everyone wants to hear it, but I can't say anything just now. really focused on the 2022 season and 
that's what I'm oh. completely 100% focused on. Does that mean there's a chance you still might not be going or...? Uh, like I said, I can't really comment on it and it's just, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. Of course. I mean, it's, it's, the Tigers think you've signed. They've done the social media posts. They've, they've announced it on their channels. Um, all the all the talk was that you've signed between them. Why can't you say yes or no? Yeah, because <laughs> it's a you're obviously, question, you're obviously trying to get out of the deal and um, remain at Parramatta. You know, look. Or come to the Warriors. Well, <laughs> wouldn't that be irony? Oh, let's not get started on that. No. But, you know, again, he's obviously, um, you know, fair enough too for, as I was saying, he's concentrating on, on finals I think that bit's fine. I think that bit's fine, Kempi, but it's an easy question, right? You can still say, and see, Brandon Smith came out and said he was going to the Roosters and he was happy, and then he switched into, I'm, I'm focused on the storm. That's my job. That's what I'm here to do. So I still think you can answer the question, but you know, relay that you're focusing on your team this well, weekend. Well, Zion Papali ain't going to go to West Tigers and, and win them a premiership. No. That's not the problem. So, mm. you know, I don't I don't know other than getting a scoop why that question was asked in the middle of a, um, a final. So, but, yeah. you know. There was a reason for you, it. You can read between the lines. The reason why he didn't answer and, you know, if I was a media manager, I'd say, well, the reason, you know, you're not, you're not dumb <laughs> he's obviously not answering because there's something else going on. He's working his way through that, mm. and just you'll hear it when, when the time's appropriate. So, I guess for us, Sam, is, there is something still happening there in yeah. and around Azai Papali and whether or not he's going to West Tigers, and probably won't end up there. That's what I'm saying. You got to mm. remember, yeah. post the post the final series, he's also got the Kiwis to think about winning a World Cup. True. So. While all this is happening, he needs to get through the next week or two, and then he's in a plane and he's up the up to the UK. He ain't going to be answering those questions up there. <laughs> Might get a Sean Johnson situation where they, uh, the CEO comes out while he's away on tour. Um, all right, let's talk Raiders Storm um, because that was uh, I just enjoyed watching that one so much. Not just because I like seeing the Storm bail out of the finals, but because um, the Raiders who. A lot of people did actually predict that they'd tip up the storm, given that um, you know Ricky's had the edge over Bellamy in the in the last sort of five or six games, and especially at um, at Amy Park. But um, I still thought you know the storm with the quality they had. You mentioned it. You still got Brandon Smith. You still got Jerome Hughes. You still got Harry Grant. You still got Cam Munster. You know Xavier Coates. Some big names in that team. But you know Canberra, just like you said, they're the they're the thorn, they're the prickle. They don't go away. And they got and they got their number. You know, winning four times down in down in Melbourne. Um, I thought it was really interesting starting Nelson uh, Solomona on the right edge. Uh, I thought that was a like I was saying a couple of weeks ago. It'd be really nice if you brought him off the bench and put him on the edge when you get when they get a little bit tired. Mm. You know, but to put him out there in the beginning of the game when they're up for it, up against a side would. The likes of Papali and and Tarpani and and Elliot, you know, in the back row, um, is a really hard one for Nelson. And and they had the, they had his number every time he carried the football. They they got numbers in and they stopped them. Stopped um, the offload too. And I kept Kafusi on the bench. I thought might yeah. might have been better to start with Kafusi and and left Nelson on the bench for impact. But um, the game was there for Melbourne's taking. They just could not deliver the knockout punch. You mm. know what I mean? The the errors were. Um, like it's, it was so un Melbourne like, you know, and then and then what Canberra did was they just they got into that that area of the park. Joseph Tarpany was just getting better mm. and better as the game went on. It was like it was like a man playing against boys. The way that he was, you know, getting his arms free, late offloads, and you know when Joseph Tarpany starts to play like that, that on the back of it you've got Big Papa Lee, the Big Papa, yeah. Coming, coming, coming into his own, and that's what happened in the later part of the game. Is that when he started to take over, then they all grew another foot. Yeah, you and, know, and Tarpany was on for the first fifty minutes without a break. 
didn't have a break in, I think, the 51st was when he came off. He ended up with over 200 metres, a um, couple of offloads, some line breaks. Um, he just had a barnstorming game. So and we were going to talk about camera quite a lot with um, with Terry Campisi just after 2.30. So, I mean, Melbourne, it's the first time they've been eliminated in the first weekend of the finals since 2014, when the Bulldogs beat them uh, at Amy Park, 28-4. What what was it about Melbourne this year? Because they obviously started very well. We know they lost Pappenhausen, which was big, but they started, it looked like it was going to be another sort of Panthers storm one too, but the storm fell away, they ended up out of the top four, and then they bail out in the first week. What, what, what's what gone wrong for Melbourne in 2022? Well, I don't, I don't think anything's gone wrong for them. I just think they have an ageing roster. You know what I mean? So he, he, he said, Craig, that he wanted his players to go out on a better note. He was talking about Jesse and Kenny Bromwich and Kafusi, who were all heading up to the, the Dolphins. Um, and, of course, then you've got Brandon Smith also leaving, uh, heading to Sydney City. But when you, when you talk about the, fir- the first three, they've been there since 2008. He's just got an ageing roster. You know yeah. what I mean? So they got, they got caught short. Um, and he's had that problem when you take the, your two guns out of it. So you take Ado, Ado Car out, you replace him with Nofa Luma because you're looking for a winger from West Tigers. But Peppenhausen, just on himself, brings Damn. so much more to the middle of the park and allows the release of, of Hughes and Munster. And what they were trying to do was find a Peppenhausen X factor by moving Munster back to fullback and trying to continue Jerome Hughes's game going through the middle. You know, So him having the week off... Previously, that's what I mean. Like that was the type of game that I was expecting Nathan Cleary to have. Yeah, you yeah. know. But it was the opposite. It was what happened in Melbourne, and it, mate, like Ricky Stewart's nailed it. He said, "Yeah, you know, we've just got to stay in games, and we've got to play well to win from totally. eighth. Yes, and they just don't go away. Canberra yeah. don't go away, and they, you know, again listening to him talk before the game. He, the, the comment he made, which always gives you a real good confidence, is he said, "I can tell you one thing: my players are ready to go out there and play." And when he said that, I went, man, we're in for we're yeah. in for one one hell of a game here. So um Joseph Tarpany, honestly, I'm glad he's a Kiwi. Mm. Like big, strong, he's got an offload, he can hit. You know, um he arguably would be the marquee front row. That's that's a really big I think that's I think a really it's big accolade, yeah. you know, marquee front row in yeah. the competition. But yeah. I think on his form at the moment you know, through through the first week of the finals, I think he's the marquee forward of the finals, mm. definitely. Yeah, well, I'm going to ask you about him after 3 o'clock, the text that, uh, that's coming in from Sam. Double eight double three. if you want to text in a question or have your say. And you can also call us 0800 If you've got any questions for Terry Campisi, send those in. Um, before we get to the news quickly, Kempi, and before we get uh, Campo on, um, do you think the Raiders can do it? If, if you're a Raiders fan, are you, are you confident your side could go all the way or are they just not quite in that top echelon? Oh, I think, like and I've said this, I said this a few weeks ago, I think this is probably the year where you can get a winner outside the four. So, yeah, my my, my answer to that is, you know, Penrith, Penrith are definitely the benchmark. We've seen yeah. that all year. They, they lose the final. It's not about other teams winning it. But below them, any one of those teams on their day, as Canberra showed against Melbourne, can win. Mm. So, you know, if Ricky's got them up, you just you just the further down you go down the ladder to eighth and and that like Canberra, you just don't know like Parramatta. Yeah, exactly. What's coming up what's so, coming the following and, and week. And you I think you hit the nail on the head before saying that they've I mean Canberra have to play at a hundred percent every single week for the next four weeks and hope that the team they're playing isn't. I think that's that's the ticket for them. Um we'll take a short news break with Johnny Mack. When we come back, uh, former Canberra hard man. Uh, played over 130 games for the Raiders. Terry Campisi is going to join the show. Text through double eight double three if you got any questions. We'll ask them after news. Former Canberra Raider hard man Terry Campisi, welcome in, Terry. 
he's going. I wouldn't say hard, man. <laughs> <laughs> but you played you played enough games in the middle, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> All over, yeah. If I if I got caught in the middle, I'd try and get back to there. Just as <laughs> Mate, you must you must be pretty happy with the way that Canberra played against Melbourne last week. Where where were you? Where were you watching it? Ah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm lucky enough to do the radio call actually for the for the guys. So. Um, we're at a, at a local club, the Harmony German Club here in Canberra, calling it from there. It's a great atmosphere, and everyone was out of their seat. It was, uh, yeah, it's always always good to be on radio when they're playing like that. Your, your synopsis, what, what, what's your analysis of the game? What, where do you think Canberra won it, and why did they win it? Oh, definitely through the middles. They, they've uh, laid the platform the last, what, 10 weeks now for the Raiders, Joe Tarpanay and Josh Papalee. They're very hard to stop and they're in career best form so they laid a platform and uh, Jack White was in really good form and Jamal Fogarty who you know recently come to the club from the Titans has uh, finally hit his straps so I think the combination between those guys has really uh, paved the way for these outside backs. Campo, um, the Raiders have been a team, I think, this season, you know, obviously snuck into the eight towards the end. And before that, all the chat was around, you know, the Bunnies with Latrell, you know, going on a bit of a charge, the Roosters finding form. And then there was even talk of the Broncos before they went on their terrible run. But the Raiders are sort of snuck in there. Now they're eighth and they've toppled over the storm. Is that sort of quiet confidence helped them a little bit, the fact that they're not talked about as much as, as Penrith and the Cowboys and the Sharks? Yeah, we're pretty lucky here in Canberra that they're pretty much out of the the big media spotlight of Sydney anyway, but yeah, like you said, they snuck in there and they were lucky enough to uh, to get in there when the Brisbane Broncos lost on that Friday night. So I think that's definitely helped them and who would have thought that Melbourne Storm or Roosters wouldn't be featuring in the, the final six. Mm. Um, so they've got a, a few question marks over Parramatta, obviously Moses, uh, seeing if, he, if, he, if he's fit for this weekend. If he isn't, I think Canberra Raiders will probably go into the game favourite. Mate, what about the Kiwi contingent in the side? You've got young Tomoko in the centres, um, nowhere to hide in the back row that comes off the bench, and he goes and grabs the drums after the game, just like um, Seal did uh, when he was playing in the middle for you there. And, of course, Ruben's um, you know, legend down there in Canberra. What sort of um, impact have the Kiwis had for Canberra, do you think, over the last few years? Oh, yeah, it all started with Rubes, didn't it? He um, you know, grew up um, over there in in New Zealand, and then the Raiders brought him over here at a young age, and he paved the way for um, for a lot of New Zealanders. And I think that's why you know we're one of the preferred clubs because they all looked up to Rubes, and they all wanted to play in the same jumper as what he did. And yeah, like you said, see, uh, um, and Corey, Corey gets his opportunity to start this week with uh, Adam Elliott out, and I think he's been in, um, in wonderful form as well. His defence has been rock solid. Um, he's put on some cracking shots, and I think they're going to need that kind of. Um, going into this week's game against Parramatta because you know they are a really good side um, and, and they pave the way through their forwards as well. So uh, their forwards need to be at their best and you know uh, it's going to be a massive game on Friday night and I think it's going to be a sold out up there in Sydney. Mm. The Raiders have always been, a, um, I think, a bit of a fan favourite over here in New Zealand. Um, Campo with, obviously, guys like Wiki and we had um, the, uh, Quinton Pong here and the Lomaxes. Uh, so they've always held a pretty special place in our heart. But I guess when you look back over the last... 20 odd years, you know, they've, they've never quite pushed on through finals football, have they? I mean, they made that grand final in I think 2019, um, but other than that, you know, it sort of seems like the finals football is a bit of a, a thorn in their side. What, what, why do you reckon that is? Is it, is it just a, a mental thing for them? Is it, is it personnel? Why do you reckon they haven't been able to, you know, push on and, and win a premiership over the last 20 years? Yeah, not sure. Um, obviously, the, I thought they you know, should have won that one against the Roosters a couple of years ago. There was a few 
dubious calls that went against them, but at the end of the day, uh, Roosters were too good on the day. Um, yeah, I think you know with with the side that they've got, they've got uh, quality all over the paddock. Xavier Savage at the back, he's starting to you know starting to learn the game. He's you know come into a new position. He was was uh, you know recruited as a winger, but now he finds himself at fullback, and you now their combinations are starting to get better. So you know now they're in the final six. Anything can happen. So hopefully this year is the year that they can uh, they can do it. And, bringing back the cup to Canberra. So the matchup against Parramatta, um, Campo, is that is that between Polo and um, Tarpany? Is that the is that the big matchup? It needs to be basically one there, right there and then. Oh, that definitely lays the platform, doesn't it? And uh, Joe Tarpany is be happy to have him in uh, New Zealand jumper coming to the World Cup because he's. You know, arguably the best front rower in the game, and probably arguably the the best form of any front rower in the modern era. So the way that he they can't get him to the ground, he just stands in a tackle. He's got great footwork. He's you know a really good build. And um, on Monday night, it was the Meninga Medal uh, here in Canberra, and he and he won by a double. The next player, mm. so uh, just just proves you know how much the boys love playing with him as well uh, to score all those votes and. You know, I think he will, um, you know, lead from from the front, and that's where they uh, get all their enthusiasm from the front rowers. Just before we let you go, um, Kemp, I know Kempy's got a question for you to finish up, but just before, um, just before we let you go, um, I guess outside of of the Raiders, who impressed you the most over the weekend? Maybe aside from Penrith, because I feel like that's everyone's uh, go to answer. Which of the other sides impressed you the most over that first round of finals football? You know what? I absolutely love the game between the Sharks and Cowboys. Yeah. Um, you're on your feet. I don't know. Uh, if I've seen a team or teams defend how they did in that first 20 minutes, I was just up in each other's faces. But the attack was on song as well. Like Their defence was, was so good that they had to be so crisp in, in attack and they had some really good backline movements. And, and as, as it did, it went to uh, in the golden point time, which is always thrilling. So I think um, you know whoever wins this game on Friday night out of Parra and Canberra, I've got a really t- tough arc the following week uh, up in North Queensland. Hey, just before I let you go, Campo, obviously Chance Nickel Cox is coming back here to the Warriors. Should we be excited? How come he hasn't been playing first grade this year? Um, yeah, he's been struggling a little bit with injury and then um, I think some of his form, you know, when he was getting put back in the side. But yeah, I'd be, I'd be definitely excited um, to be to be getting a quality player like that. He brings a lot of experience and, um, you know, he's one of the main reasons why Canberra made that grand final a few years ago. So he's got finals footy under his belt as well. So um, it's sad for us to to lose him, um, but you guys get you know get a great player. Awesome stuff, Camper. Hey, really appreciate you coming on the show uh, this afternoon with us, mate. Um, good luck to your to your green machine uh, this weekend, and uh, hopefully we'll catch up again soon. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me on, sir. There you go, Camper. Do you reckon they'd do the uh, the Viking clap in the radio booth if they uh, if they oh, 100, 100%, on Friday night? Hundred <laughs> percent. He's got him. You know, um, Corey's got them going crazy down there with a the drum, just like Sia did when he went down and grabbed the yeah. the drumstick and whacked it to the crowd. I, I like that fan experience, mm. like players standing there just getting the crowd going. Totally. Um, and it and it does become an advantage, you know, when the, when you know that the, the the support that is there is really there for you, you know. So, um, yeah, Kiwis and Canberra, yeah, sentimental favourites, I think, for New Zealanders because totally. of the Lomax's Q. Uh, Pongia, of course, you know, um, and the famous Ruben Wiki. Uh, back in the old days when those boys were playing, really set the tone for future Kiwis. So yeah. um, I'm looking forward to it. I think they're 
they're a chance. I think they're definitely they're a chance, chance against the Eels. I, I, I yeah. don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know if they can maintain it for four games. And you know, if they come up against Penrith, I think that's just a, a step too far. I we are going to talk about it next hour, but the, the Cowboys Sharks. Um, you know, but I was gutted for the Sharks because I think both those teams should be, you know, should be there next. You know, I don't feel like one of them should have lost. You know, they were both that good. Um, who, would have, who would have picked it? Who would have picked both away teams winning? Yeah, like mate, and that was when we talked on it last week. It was the only reason I gave the Sharks um, the win was because of home ground advantage, and it looked like they got home with, yep. with you know less than eight minutes to go, and they've gone out eight point lead, and then yep. it's just how many times have Cowboys done that? Yeah, well, there was that try disallowed as well, which was um, Valentine Holmes, which. You know, by the letter of the law, I know that's a that's a obstruction, but just you saw it thinking, God, you'd be fuming if you're a, if you're a Sharks fan, wouldn't you? <laughs> Absolutely. God, you'd be fuming. Um, right, we're gonna um, take a short break. We've got a couple of questions here that I want to put to you, Kempi. There's a few around some of the Raiders boys, so um, we'll take a short break. If you've got a question, double eight double three, we'll jump on the phone. Let's have a chat. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. We'll be back after this. Have your say on the great game of rugby league. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. This is Running It Straight on SENZ. Yeah, welcome back into Running It Straight. Going to get to some of your texts here on double eight double three. Just before we do, though, Kempi, I heard that ad there, the promo for uh, whether or not you cheat against your kids uh, in games. Um, I've got, and, and as you mentioned, Guess Who. Yeah. Now, you play you play Guess Who, obviously, before. Yeah. It's, a, it's a family favourite. Um, there's a variation that someone taught me, which I think is quite brilliant, and good for adults, too. So the normal one is, obviously, do you wear glasses, do yeah. you have blonde hair, whatever. There's one, and you just talk in stereotypes. So you say, "Does your is your person the kind of person that would complain to a manager in a retail store?" <laughs> and you have to predict. You know, is oh, you're yeah. the kind of guy. Is yours the kind of guy who wouldn't pay for beers? <laughs> and you just have to try and predict who. Yeah, rather than just doing the facial. It's a very fun variation. A very fun variation. Um, there's a text in here from a couple of texts in here on the Raiders. One one from Carly says, "Don't forget about Premiership winning prop oh, Brent Todd." Not. For the mighty Canberra Raiders. Toddy. When I was Toddy listening to names. Around, around my era and played plenty of times with them and against them at Canberra and for the Kiwis. Um, yeah, he was the original pioneer down at Canberra. Went down there from, from Christchurch at Canterbury. Used to play down there. I think it was with the Hornby Club. Uh, Toddy down there back in those days. Played plenty of football against them in New Zealand too. Mm. Um, What's he doing now? Well, he, he, uh, he runs a couple of tattoo shops in Bali. Really so, and coffee shops, yeah, yeah. Oh. I wouldn't believe it. Is he um, on the gun himself? Is he on the gun, or is he just? He's mate, I'll tell you what. It. His guns are covered in ink. His <laughs> he guns do it are himself. covered in ink. Yeah. He, oh, look, me and him are real good mates. Um, and you wouldn't believe it. I went over for a wedding three years ago for my nephew's wedding, and the f- and went to a pub for a beer. And the first bloke I run into, Toddy. Oh, brilliant. And he was de- delivering coffee beans to the to the pub for their breakfast for their breakfast. So, mate, the, the, with the borders opening up, he's gone back there. He's got a, a couple of tattoo shops. It's well known, mm. and people over there, especially the Aussies, are filling up, um, getting their ink done there. So, yeah, Toddy, the original green machine. Jeez, I remember one year I played him down there. He would have been ooh, 130 kilos that year. I remember get the, the the year before we played in the Kiwis, and he would have been 100 kilos, and I was like. Yeah, that was the year when we went, mm, what are you guys on? <laughs> Seriously. Absolutely. Where did those 30 Ks come from, oh, mate? Mate, I was watching the other day the, um, the Penrith Warriors game from 2018 come up on the screen and there was Nathan Cleary. He was a stick. Oh. He, he he put it on over the course of a season. I remember going from, I think it was 2019 to 2020, and they told him to bulk up a bit. And, and you're going to say the same thing about Joseph Suwali? Yeah. 100%. You think he's going to fill out a bit? Because yeah, he he's got he's tall, obviously, but he doesn't have the big yeah. frame. You go back but... and you watch, there's a there's a YouTube clip of Sonny Bill Williams toweling up a few blokes in an under-18 game at Canterbury. Mm. 
Um, and I mean, like he's he's telling them up, and mm. he's just the skinny stick, mate. <laughs> then you look at him when he plays for Canterbury; they win that grand final, and then when he goes to Sydney City, yeah, he's yeah, twice yeah. the size again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the diet, obviously. Um, someone uh, Grant's texting saying, "Any room for Matt Tamoko in the World Cup squad, Kempe? He's been oh, going great guns for Canberra. Hundred percent, one hundred percent. So the weakest part in our team is in the centres, mm. uh, and I and I don't know if you know uh, Nakore, who's a uh, Parramatta second row, plays in the middle. Um, part-time as well, playing the centres for the Kiwis against Tonga. And it is one area that we, we are struggling. And I'd, I'd even look at Sean Kenny Dow, to be brutally honest. He, mm. he played up there for the All-Stars. We had him on the show the break, uh, on uh, Izzy and Kibbe for breakfast this morning. And um, Tomoko, the way that he got rid of Munster on the weekend with that left-hand fend, yeah. made Munster look like a chump. Yeah. You guarantee that Munster's making that tackle in origin. And it's just the way that could – I think he's 19 – yeah. It could be, could be, could be wrong. I think but you're right. I think he's 19. He's built like a young Ruben Wiki. You know what I mean? So, yep. Oh, he'd be. Um, I've I've picked my Kiwi team. He'd be the first name on the sheet. Another one in here from um, Grant in Melbourne, uh, and when we were talking about the uh, Raiders Storm, said, um, "Hey, Kempy Storm will be regretting letting Nico Hines go for sure." For sure, 100%. But, I mean, it's one of those ones, though, and I've, I found the same thing when uh, the Warriors let Chance go because, you know, you had Roger at the back, Adelium fullback, you had two wingers that were in the form of their life and winning awards. With Melbourne, I mean, if Pappenhausen's fit, you probably don't really have a space for Nico Hines, do you? Well, of course you don't because you've got, you know, they've gone from having three immortals to replacing with three immortals. Yeah. And Munster, um, yeah. Jerome Hughes and, yeah. and, you know, Brandon Smith. So... Um, Pippenhausen's at the back there. And Hines at the time was, you know, it was all about, you know, salary and and he was he get three times as much going to Cronulla. Yeah, and a and, starting and that, spot. Yeah, and of course, you know, on the back of that too, uh, Fanuke and you lose him. He's he probably ties that game up for Melbourne on the weekend if he's playing there. Uh, those two signings, Melbourne, uh, if they could have kept Fanuke and, and Hines, they they win that game against Canberra. Yeah, I agree. Um, we'll take one more short break. Then I've got a question here from Sam on Joey Tarpany, which I want to put to you. Um, keep those coming in on oh, double double three. We'll do a few more after three o'clock as well. Don't forget Brad Walter from NRL.com joining us after three thirty as we look to uh, this weekend's finals games as well. We'll be back uh, right after this break. Fueling your mission all year round. Just like that. Hard-hitting analysis of one of the greatest games on earth. We're talking rugby league. This is Running It Straight on SENZ. Yeah, thanks to Gull fueling your mission all year round. You're listening to Running It Straight with Sam Hewitt and Tony Kemp. Um, Mark Sexton here saying Toddy at Linwood. Is he down with the Kias? Oh, that's where he, that's obviously where, where he played. played. I thought right. he, I thought it was Hornby, but yeah, Linwood the Kears, yep. That's right. The Kears. Um, and a question in here before we get to the news at three o'clock um, is from Sam saying, uh, Kempi, do you think the Warriors are a chance of signing Joey Tarpany? Maybe in twenty twenty four, should we be throwing the book at him? We should have enough cap space after Lodge's seven hundred k is off the books. Well, well, Sam, it's a funny story. This one, I had Joey Tarpany in an under seven in combine. Um, uh, when he when he was sixteen, I don't think this is going to be a funny story. I think it's going to be a and I heartbreaking. I basically story. told the recruitment manager to sign him. Then I said this could this could uh, has had an engine on him, mm. and I hadn't seen him play football. He never picked where the football. Did he, where did he come? Where, so he came up from Wellington, right? And um, he was at Rurotorua doing this combine. Anyway, so no, they didn't sign him. So he goes overseas and he's at Newcastle, and Jim Doyle goes to the CEO's good mate. So I text Jim. I said. Do yourself a favour and sign Joe Tarpany. Newcastle used them wrong. The kid can play. Mm. <laughs> so 
No, he got <laughs> he got fun, it was a funny story because I think Cappy was the coach then at the Warriors. And now that Cappy's at Canberra, mate, they are never going to let him go now. Gee, yeah. And the, to answer your question, of course you'd throw 700k at it. The, the problem is it's probably not enough. No, I was just going to say Canberra will probably match it, won't they? Yeah. And, and it's funny, I asked um, Terry about Canberra not performing in the finals. Like, where are they at in terms of their squad? Are they a squad that is – are they there now in terms of this is their chance or are they building for maybe three or four years' time? But – Guys like White and that are probably going to be a little bit too old. What do you, where do you sort of see Canberra at development, developmentally? Yeah, no, I think they need a halfback. I think that's that's basically what they they they've done, and they're, they're still searching for a hooker. So yeah, there's still two players away. Yeah, okay. Um, coming up to three o'clock news. After three o'clock, uh, we are going to go through the Cowboys Sharks game. We're going to go through the Rabbitohs Roosters. That's going to be a fun one to talk about. Um, and then we will preview this weekend's games with Brad Walter out of NRL.com. Your text on double eight double three. Well, you can give us a call. We'd love to have a chat with you on the phone, 0800 150 But first, we'll get some news with Johnny Mack. Pressure in the Tasman Sea moves in over the South Island today, bringing a mix of sun and clouds. A cold front moves northwards over the North Island with snow flurries about the ranges of Wadarapa, Gisborne and the Central Plateau, the odd shower further north. Catch live netball commentary of the Silver Ferns taking on Jamaica's Sunshine Girls this weekend on SENZ. Gull, fueling your mission all year round. Your home for everything rugby league. This is Running It Straight with Tony Kemp and Sam Hewitt on SENZ. Tell you what, the state of the studio. Um, what is it? You're, t- you're taking me to like Moscow in the uh, early 2000s. There, I'm just imagining shiny lycra suits and uh, oh, 1989, 1990, <laughs> 1991. Jeez, this brings back so many memories. That song, oh, you shuffling the cards, the wiping off the dust. You know, there's so many different <laughs> dance moves you can do with that. Yeah, a sprinkler guy as well. I can imagine. Uh, look. Next hour, up until 4 o'clock, we've got plenty coming up. Um, we're going to talk through the Cowboys-Sharks and the Rabbitohs-Roosters game. Um, also text through double eight double three. Um, how you see the final shaping up now? I've got a good text here from Dave that I'm going to read out to you in a, in a little while, Kempi, on who he thinks now has a bit of the edge heading into um, the elimination finals, the semifinals, and the grand final because it's so easy to just say Penrith, but, you know, who do you think can tip them up? Who do you think's got a chance? Um Double eight, double three. If you've got any thoughts on that, Brad Walter coming up as well after three thirty. Uh, senior writer for NRL.com. He's a great man. Brad Walter knows his league, and uh, I think I'm pretty sure he's a Kiwi. Is it? Yeah, he's I'm got an Aussie sure. accent. Yeah, no, he's been an Aussie for a long time. But no, he's picked it up. I'm pretty has he? sure he'll own being a Kiwi. Okay, he um he's one of those guys who watches every single game, goes home, watches all the replays, watch the highlights again on a Monday morning, and then maybe watch a little bit of midweek 
Oh, he's, you know, he's, he's elite he, tragic. He is absolute tragic, and uh, he'll have some great thoughts about um, the games coming up this weekend. I'm also going to ask him, Kempi, what the attitude's been like in Australia um, to the Rabbitohs-Roosters game, which has sort of polarised people. Like, was it a good game, or was it... You know, did it descend a little bit into madness? And I, I've got some good quotes here that I'm going to read out to you when we talk about that game because you know some people thought it was oh, fantastic. It's polarizing. Some, yeah, some people thought, look, seven yellow cards, seven simbinnings, and a, a whole bunch of high tackles isn't really what a good game of football should look like. So we'll, we'll jump into that as well and ask Brad about it. Um, before we get to talking about these games, let's talk. Let's go to the text line double eight double three, and um, Brian texts one in here. That's Warriors related, which is great. It says, uh, afternoon, fellas. A question for Mr. Kemp. If you're a recruiter for, say, the bottom three teams, that would be the Warriors, uh, what sort of com- – and this is I, this is a great question for you, Kempi. What sort of conversations are had to convince a really good player to join your team, or is it just a checkbook conversation? Because you can imagine a really good player, and they might be in a good team as well, trying to convince them to go to a team that's just won the wooden spoon must be very, very hard. Look, I think just a checkbook conversation, Brian, would be – pretty tough to convince someone and think that they're coming here for the right reasons um, but I do think you need a checkbook to, to convince them so you, you're sort of caught between a rock and a hard place with that the conversation that needs to be had to try and get someone here there, there's a bit of an issue that I think and I was speaking to um, a friend about it today that when you're watching say you're a player and you're watching players leave club mid-season yeah and your manager's coming to you and saying the Warriors are interested in you or, or the Tigers are interested in you or um, Newcastle's interested in you. Those are the three teams that finish bottom. And the player's sitting there and he's going, but what's going on there? You know, These players are, lose, are leaving, the club is losing, and they you know, sack their coach mid-season. Is it really the best place for me to go? So it's not for me. It's not really the player that you have that conversation with. I think if you recruit, if you're recruiting, and I'll give you an example. Um, let's talk about Joey Manu. Joey Manu is arguably the best centre in the world, isn't he? Well, his his manager lives out here in West Auckland. Okay, so he lives out here in West Auckland. Um, he's an ex Kiwi. He's had a number of Kiwis uh, that he's managed, and he's got this kid there and. He's the person to convince Joey Manu to come back and play for the Warriors. Now, I would be whining and dining him and making sure that the conversations were really understood so that that conversation that is had between a player manager and a player is all around coming back to, to, to help this Warriors club out. And I think that's where the recruitment gets it wrong. Do they understand where those players come from? Do they understand that on or For instance, he's come from a rugby league school. One of the very few in New Zealand that focuses on rugby league as their main sport in yeah. their school. The guy um, who's the principal of the school was actually the trainer for the Kiwis back in 1989, 1990, 1991. Mm. So Willie actually wants his kids to play rugby league. Now, if I was a recruitment manager, Willie would have a first-class ticket to Auckland and be in a box here yeah. every week watching games so that we can get the best kids, like Joe, Joey Manu, coming out of that school and coming to the Warriors first. So that's, I hope that sort of answers your question. But is it a checkbook conversation at the moment? Well, I think Matt Lodge is probably the best example of why it shouldn't be a checkbook yeah, conversation. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Kempe. What about the other way you said when players, when you see players leaving mid-season, it, it must work the other way. If you see a bunch of players, and I think the Bulldogs is a good example, you see a bunch of guys going there, you think something special's cooking there, and you might push your manager or your manager might push you towards that way? Does it sort of work that way as well? So, I'm, I, that, Sammy, 
that is a, such a really good um, question. That one because I'm going to I'm going to give you I'm going to read something that was sent to me only two days ago. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, yep. mate. Just I've just been texting Bobcat Ryan. Remember who he is? Mm-hmm. And and Ogre O'Mealy. So yeah, you got Ryan and O'Mealy, the the two legends back in 2002 about their new jobs with the Bulldogs. They both said that Gus wanted the most successful era back in the fold. Guys that are passionate for their place and know how to win. So far, here's Mick Potter, ex-player and coach of reserve grade, Willie Mason, Bobcat Ryan, Marco Mealy, and more to come. Warriors need to take notice of this model and get back some of the 2002 gang. He has pathways in order. He has scouts all over the place. The reserve grade now in grand final. The lower grades are flying too. In one year, he's got that all right, okay? And then, yeah, I'm not going to read the rest because... It could be giving away too much information, but <laughs> they, you're dead right. You know, like what you've got to do is you've you've got to go back to what actually works, and and um, it does work that way. Like mm, that you yeah. said, Sammy, you can't just you know for the life of me, I I can't see that success being built overnight. You know what I mean? I, I, for for the, for the next twelve months, I can't see the success with the strategy that they have. Like what is what is that strategy look like? Because it looks like at the moment we're just bringing people in to fill positions that don't really know the game or yeah. where the recruitment, you know, they, do they know Willie? Do they know Pete? You know, yeah. do they actually know the Terry Tarmides and the and the Mike Tarmides and Hawks Bay? Because they're two different people that identify all the best talent over in the east and the west coast of the North Island. It must be hard though to, if you're, if you're a player in the NRL, or, sorry, a recruitment manager, and you're looking at players around the NRL, and say you're looking at some of the top teams like you're looking at the Panthers, Cowboys, Sharks, and you're wanting to take some players off them and bring them to your club, it must be hard to convince them that what you're doing is the right thing. I mean, to say, you know, it might be a different case with the Bulldogs because they've got all those names, but say the Tigers. You know, say they're looking to the future and development and this is what they're doing. This way. For a guy who's 27 who wants to win a premiership, who wants titles, might not want that. Well, Simon, you know? Ma- Simon Mannering's a prime example, isn't he? Yeah. You know, like he was so loyal, one yeah. club man, could have gone to any club, any club would have had him and won, a, won multiple premierships. And I would have been okay with that. Of course, everyone. <laughs> he deserved every, it. Everyone he deserved would have, it. But I, the, the, to answer your question, it's not, it's not convincing people. It's, it's finding the right ones. No, no, there's a difference between convincing people and being at the top of the queue. At the moment, we're at the bottom of the of the queue, you know. Like, I know, of, um, and I've said, it, I know of a, a recruitment manager that comes over here, uses Warriors X players that got very good talent ID players, and takes them from under your nose back to Sydney. Now, in my head, my the logic in my head goes. Well, we need to hire that guy because he's actually got the recruitment set up for us already. It's <laughs> yeah, such he's an got easy, all the networks. It's such an easy fix. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But. You know, players they've they've you know they they've mercenaries when it comes down to to money. If you offer them a checkbook, they're mercenaries. Yeah. You know, and you don't want that. I think the Warriors want to build something, and the way to build it is is by getting recruitment right and development right. And yeah, that's that's the key. It's funny, yeah. Like you look at teams like Penrith, they haven't bought in guys, superstars from other teams. They've bought in a couple of guys, but it's, most of it's homegrown. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like people's answer, especially Warriors fans, is to just go after this player, go after that player, get that player. We need him. We need him. When really, why, don't, why aren't we building them here first? And then you sprinkle those guys in. Well, right? that's, that's, the the bull, that's the Bulldogs' 
conversation that I was sent, you know, yeah. from a friend in Sydney and saying, look, this is what's happening actually in this area. You know, Building up and then you bring in the kick hours. And, and they've got know. a strategy and they've gone, well, we're going back to what was the most successful era and we're going to build that that culture back. We're going to rebuild that culture. And already they're seeing the fruits of it in the, in the lower grades. Look, that's one of the problems that we have is our lower grades and we haven't got that development model coming through. You need to you need to build a development model because eventually you don't want to have to always go over your checkbook and go and try and buy buy a championship in the Warriors because that will never work. Mm. Let's talk about these games, eh? That was a good <laughs> that was a good little distraction. Um, let's talk about Cowboys Sharks and then we'll take a short break. Um, so I mean, we talked about with Campo. What a game! I, I said it was. It felt like both teams should have gone through to the next round, but uh, unfortunately, that wasn't the case. So Cowboys thirty two, Sharks thirty. It was tied at eighteen or at half time. There were five tries apiece, and then of course Val Holmes hitting that uh, field goal. Uh, an extra time from 40 metres out. Um, interestingly, 43. 43. Interestingly enough, you had Chan Townsend and Val Holmes were a part of Cronulla's um, you know, premiership drought back in 2016, now with the Cowboys. Um, it was a fantastic game, Kempe, and I think two points is a fair, you know, that's a fair reflection of how close it was. Yeah, look, Val Holmes will probably be the centre for the Kangaroos, and, and Peter Hicku scores that try. So... Peter Hick is the, the Kiwi centre. You know, he, he was just, over 300 metres. Just goes to show you our ex-Warriors centre, how good he can be. Over 300 metres in that game. Very, very good. Nico Hines, I feel really sorry for, because he had a Nathan Cleary game. He did, yeah. He was on He was on absolute... I was just watching the game going, mate, it's like watching a, a replay of Friday night. You know, he was... Everything he touched turned to gold. I like the f- the fluidity of the way that Cronulla were, were running their plays, especially that short side play where Moylan and, and Hines link up behind a behind a lead runner. That's and where the they got them, goes yeah. in the back. They got him a couple of times down that left edge. Um, but the Cowboys and Todd Payton. I don't know if you watched the preview. Of Todd Payton. He was talking about the first day that the Cowboys came back to training, and he took him. You know that hill. Have you ever been up to North Queensland? Nah. So North Queensland, right on the coast, and they've got this hill in the middle of town. And it's a man. It's it's like what would it be like? Like there's no hill on Auckland. Bigger like than it. a mount type thing. Yeah, it's a it's a mountain. Yeah, you know. And he's got them back on the first day, and he said, "Oh, you guys, are you ready to you ready to get back into it?" And they've this is how he said it. He said, "Oh, hey guys, welcome back. Are you ready to get into it?" And they've gone, "Yeah." And he says, "Right, put your shoes on." And he's made them on the <laughs> very first day run up this hill, and he's basically said, "Well, we know where we are now." But if we want to get to the end of the competition and be in the grand final, we know where we need to get. And he took them back three times. Mm. And he said it's just changed the way that they think about playing. And when you think about it in that context, mate, they were done. Mm. They were done. They were eight points down. Cronulla were home. Mm. And the Cronulla just switched off. Yep. And as they've done all year, running up that hill, they haven't given up um, the Cowboys. And that last play to Tom Alola, if you ever wanted a ball to go with a hole that big to <laughs> to a player that was just never going to get tackled, it was Jason Tomalolo. Yeah, and that was a vintage Tomalolo game as well for me. Like I heard someone say it in the week, one of the best games I've ever seen him play. Um, and I think is the epitome of what you've always talked about with Peyton shifting his role in that team and opening him up. You know, to- Setting some values that it wasn't just about you being a million-dollar player for 10 years. Yeah. Now, you've got to take your hat off to, to Todd Payton, and also you've got to take your hat off to Fitzgibbon as well for what he's done at Cronulla, but Todd Payton basically has gone up there and he's hit the bullseye. He's, he smacked the bullseye right between the eyes and said, it's 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 him or me. I'm like, I'll take, you, I'll take you as far as I can, but we need to sort this guy out, which was the number 13. <laughs> and he's done that, and the rest of the boys behind it. And then when you go back and you revisit the team, you look at them and you go, actually, they've got so much experience across the board. 
Val Holmes, Peter Hiku, Chad Townsend, Jason Tomololo. You know what I mean? You've got Big McLean's come up from Melbourne. Um, Cohen Hess has had his run through the through the edges is now in the middle. You know, Drinkwater could he was meant to be the five eight, and then they find him go to fullback. Yeah, and he's an absolute star. You yeah. know, then none of a nineteen year old schoolboy that was playing Aussie schoolboys last year has come out and beaten everyone with foot speed. Yeah. And you just if you're looking at a team that can score from anywhere on the park, it could probably trouble Penrith. I think that's wow. the Cowboys. So what about what about that Tommy Dearden try? That was from absolutely nothing. Well, Tommy Dearden, look, <laughs> the pace what, what of the man. Thinking? Yeah. What are Brisbane thinking when they need a halfback? You know, they go they go and get an aging aging Reynolds and here's Tommy Dearden, who's probably going to be the Australian halfback in the future. Mm. You know, it's just he's he's done some wonderful things up there, Toddy Payton. And um, you know, Instead of coaching the Warriors, he's up there coaching the Cowboys probably to a, to a grand final. A couple of um, really good comments from uh, from Todd Payton and Sharks captain Wade Graham after the game. Uh, Todd Payton talked about Val Holmes and said, um, I saw him as three in the warm-up, but I've also seen him practice his goal-kicking, and if there's no one around watching him, he just likes the big moments and the big crowds, which is great. It's what you need from your best players, and he really stood up and made it count, which was awesome. He had a carry in that same set in our own half, and he got up and said to the boys as he got up and played the ball, and they were running off, he said, I'm taking a shot. And that's what happened. And he was dialed in and he delivered. I mean, he's a clutch player. <laughs> he loves those moments, doesn't he, Val Holmes? And think about back to Origin as well this year, Kempe. Oh, if they win the grand final, that's, that's good. That, that paragraph yeah. is going to be put up in lights. Yeah. yeah. Honestly. I'll, I'll take the shot. And, then, and um, he's hit it. When he's hit it, you've gone, it's a flop. Yeah. But he's hit it. Yeah. Like he's oh, it was, it. Yeah, it was clutch. It was the clutchest moment for sure. And then um, Sharks captain Wade Graham, pretty circumspe- uh, circumspect about the losses. Uh, a mixture of pride and disappointment. It was a pretty decent game to play. Both teams were up for it. What's done is done. We just have to wash it and move on. We earned a second crack, so the disappointment is here right now. But we're on again next week, so we just have to dust it off. Um, the thing that probably disappoints us the most is we scored 30 points and the way we defended throughout the season where we would probably get that done nine times out of ten. So we have to focus on what's in front of us. We're back to work tomorrow and get prepared for next week. And that is the advantage, Kempi, of, of, of finishing in the top four, setting that benchmark for yourself. You get the second chance. Well, Craig Bellamy, if you go back to the um, previous game, Craig Bellamy said if you let people score 28 points against you, then you're going to struggle to win games. He's 32-30, uh, mm. ends up in this game here. So... You know, both these teams have scored plenty of tries. They're playing the lesser um, teams in the in the in the ripper charge, and I think they've still got plenty of points in them. It's just, you know, when they get back after this week, it's how much petrol those teams have got left in their tank to come against. You know, Penrith are fresh as. Mm. You know, they're going to hit the ground running in that major semi, and the Cowboys will be so happy they, that they get a week off. We've got one more game to talk about. Roosters v Rabbitohs. It was an absolute barnstormer on Sunday afternoon. So we'll take a short break. We'll come back and discuss that. Then after 3.30, we've got Brad Walter, and we're going to look ahead to the two games on this weekend, Friday night and Saturday. If you've got any questions for Brad or for Kempe, double eight double three on the Temper Bedpost text machine. We'll be back after this. Greatest games on earth. We're talking rugby league. This is Running It Straight on SENZ. Yeah, welcome back into Running It Straight. Uh, Sam Hill alongside Tony Kemp. And uh, Kempy, I've just got word that um, following your little chat on Todd Payton, he's actually texted on ECNZ and said, um, I want to come on and have a chat. Unfortunately, we're booked up, so he's going to have to go on uh, the run home this afternoon yeah. with uh, Beave and Steve. Well, you know, that's what happens when you're running it straight. You get all the everyone <laughs> everyone ringing. Obviously, Stace said that, you know. like Stace is uh, he's saying, you know, listening. he's listening. Yeah. And, you know, he got legends all over, all over Australia listening and wanting to get on the show. So we try and bring them to you. Uh, as quick as we can, but you know we can't 
Maybe we just need a whole day, mate. Maybe we just need a leash. Maybe we do. The whole day, nine to five. Um, but no, in all seriousness, uh, Todd Payton joining the draw, uh, run home this evening at about 5.40, which is great. So tune in to hear from him because um, that's awesome getting him. I guess it's a week off for them, so um, he'll have a bit of time to focus uh, on on that interview, um, right? Let's talk about the Rabbitohs Roosters game on Sunday. Kempi Rabbits getting the chocolates, thirty points to fourteen. I did tip the Roosters, but the Rabbitohs, and I'll say it every week. I think until they lose, with Latrell Mitchell firing, this team is a team that could very well make another grand final. And who knows? They might even do the business. But they they got it done on a very bizarre in a very bizarre Sunday afternoon game on oh, Sinbin Sunday. Yeah, like it was. I liked it. I liked it. it was sort of old school. Everyone yep. was hell for leather, going for it against each other. Um, high intensity, high pace. Yep, we had some stoppages in the game, but you know, that's that's what happens. I, what I was talking about um, with Izzy is that generally you have a little bit of give in those decisions, but Ashley Klein was running it to the letter, mm. and that's why the game was being stopped all the time. But yep. some of them, I thought, you know, especially when they were glances, you should have should have just got up and that, that that then brings the question how do you fix that mm. now we were saying today that one of the ways to fix it is if, if you do go down and you say I've got I got caught in the head well get off you have 15 minutes in well the you should HIA. be if, even if you yeah you should be if you get hit the head 100% you yeah because collision because collision sport you are going to you know you, you can you don't necessarily have to be hit in the body to get concussed you can get hit uh, in the head to get concussed you get hit anywhere in the body mm. but if you go down and say look I'm I'm feeling a little bit dazed here well you know the the repercussion of that should be well okay you get off for fifteen minutes because what we're seeing is coaches milking penalties and it's not the players milking the penalties the coaches saying look we're going to run this run this right to the letter if mm-hmm. you get hit by the head put the ball down Latrell Mitchell dropped the ball there at one stage it should be a knock he, on that's what, no he put it on the ground he and put he it left on the it ground yeah. and left it there and stood yeah. up and he was basically screaming at the bunker to look at that again yeah. which they did yeah then and again that's another one of mine mate get rid of the bunker. <laughs> I know you. I know like, you're big on that one. Well, see, that's if you do. So if you do those two things, you get rid of the bunker and you send them off for 15 minutes. The referee says, "Right, sorry, mate, you got to go HIR. I don't mm. need the bunker. You've gone yep. down. Decision's been made for me. It's not like, hey, I missed that. Can we go upstairs and have a look at it? Slow the game down for a minute, two minutes while we're looking at it. Oh, yes, no, that is a penalty. He's clipped them, and then he stands up and plays, and the, and a guy get, gets a penalty. It's that's not a good look for the game. Nah, I think as well. You mentioned Ashley Klein there ruling it to the letter of the law. I think the problem was once he laid down that marker early with Victor Radley and said you're off for the high shot in the fourth minute. He then had to do it for every one, right? Like the next high shot was like, oh, he's got to go off, and that and he did. And then the next one, oh well, that you know, and then it just snowballed from there. Every high shot was going to get sent off, including the one where you know the guy's arm bounced off the ball of Matt Lodge and then went into his head. That might have been um, Warrior Hargreaves. You know, it, it, he, this, the precedent was set early, wasn't it? That we, we we're getting sent off, and it didn't take the intensity out of the game at all. Those guys wanted to hurt each other. They were going out there. Well, to, well we've know. said we've said it, Sam. We've said it, the three things that'll that'll change the the shape of the grand final is suspension. Uh, injury and referee error. Mm. You know what I mean? And on that game on Sunday, we had the whole lot. So when you're playing a game at that speed and you're and you're wanting to go in there and, and really capitalise and get over the top of your opposition player, I'm talking about Jared Warrior Hargreaves, the battle he had with Burgess, which I thought was great. I thought Burgess came out on top, you know. Um, you, when you're going at that 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 speed of knots, you're obviously going to miss miss time your tackle technique, and your tackle technique comes a bit da- becomes a bit dangerous, and you're going to hit people, you know, um, um, in some some spots that you shouldn't. So, 
Oh, I don't. I don't think you want to take that part of the game away, that collision part of the game away. Um, otherwise, you know, I know Burgess and, and Tane Miller sitting in the change room going, "Please don't score." Well, we have got eleven men off, and what happens? South step up and score a try. Yeah. John Mitchell down F- that left edge. Five of the eight tries were scored when the yeah. team was down, down a man. But you know, the damage is done. No Burgess this week. Okay, so he's suspended. Yeah, um, you do have a have a little bit of a worry. You go to Parramatta, have a little bit of worry over Mitchell Moses. You know when that type of game's played, you go you're going to get some collision, and you don't know who's going to go to the HI. Um, James Tedesco of all players on the football field, you don't want off. Mm. You know what I mean? It's that's the stuff that really starts to when you're playing those type of games throws the game wide open. Yep. James Tedesco goes in that tackle, gets knocked out, misses the second HIA, doesn't play another further part of the game. That's them done. Yeah, totally. Someone's just texting here saying, "Did Kempy just say that you don't have to get hit in the head to be concussed? Is he high?" I think what you mean though is that you can get hit hard in the body and say hit the turf wrong, or you know, a, a some a, like someone's hip can hit into your, the side of your head. It's not necessarily. Uh, arm to head contact yeah, that can yeah. cause like, it, yeah. Like this person who just texted in around, uh, yeah, who's saying you don't need to get hit in the head to get cut Of course you don't. You whiplash, your head gets gets hit back. Yeah. You know, um, the the brain inside that that shell whacks the, the 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 inside of the shell on your head through whiplash because you had a real. I don't know if you've seen a couple of those those um, hits on TV, Sam, but yeah. we're just a real good um, body shot and your head. Gets, gets the old whiplash. Yeah, people get concussed from that. Yeah, you know, so it's it's not just shots to the head. But I'm not taking anything away from Ashley Klein. He's he can't win. No, exactly. He's been I, told by Annesley, you referee totally. like this. 100%. They know the rules. Yeah. But the but the other side of that too is you've got these coaches that are always trying to bend the rules. And now what we've got, and I hate it. Is we've got players taking dives so they can get a penalty and get a get a piggyback out of their out of their own half. Yeah, right. We've got to get to news before we get to Brad Wilder, but just quickly, thirty seconds. Um, we haven't talked much about the actual game itself. Roost uh, Rabbitohs getting the job done. What, what what impressed you the most? What are they going to take out of that going into Cody this Walker? I think there's been you know if you look at these games, I think there's been a standout player across from Nico Hines for Cronulla. Um, you've got Nathan uh, Nathan Cleary for Penrith, and I think in this one here, Cody Walker. You know, he had a hand in all the all the tries and just the way that he put them away with 11 men down Latrell Mitchell, uh, using the way he used Latrell Mitchell and that little kick through um, down that right edge as well. Mate, he's key. If they keep Cody Walker fresh this week, yep, they're a chance. They're a chance. They've been there, mate. Latrell Mitchell's here. Redemption. Double eight, double three. If you want to ask a question to uh, Brad Walter out of NRL.com, he's coming on to preview this weekend's games with us after news first with Johnny Mack. This is a little bit more um, relaxed than your last song, Kempi. Not quite as sort of Moscow no, dance the, club. See, the 1991 was like, you know, going to those rave parties and then, you know, chill out for 30 to 40 year olds and you start listening to a bit of Fat Freddy's, mate, down yeah. the Matterhorn Sun- in Wellington. Sunday morning with a headache, you're just parked up next to the pool, spinning yeah. up the tab and. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> Mate, we're two weeks away from sitting next to that pool. <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> oh, look, it's uh, it's great to have you along, running it straight. Uh, Sam Hill alongside Tony Kemp. And a very special privilege to welcome into the show, uh, NRL.com writer uh, Brad Walter. G'day, Brad. G'day, how are you? Very well, my friend. Have you have you recovered after a, a pretty uh, intense and, and fiery first round of, uh, of NRL football? Uh, well, I've got to say that, that I, the most relaxed I've felt since is actually listening to Pat Freddy's drop then. Oh, good man. Hey, good man. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's, um, it, just, it was a pretty, it was, like you said, it was a, it was a, 
Uh, it was an incredible weekend of rugby league. It was um, really intense each game. Uh, obviously, each game was different, but each each game was like um, was gripping and um, you know edge of the seat and stuff and, and enthralling to watch. And um, uh, yeah, I, I went to th- I was fortunate enough to go to three of the four finals games. And um, as I said, like yeah, you, you you sort of wake up exhausted just from uh, from watching the game the night before, and then you're into another game, a completely different um, type of footy, especially when you compare the the Cronulla Sharks Cowboys game on Saturday night. To the um to the the Rabbitohs Roosters on yeah. Sunday, but yeah, it's um look, it was a great weekend of footy. Um, a lot of, I suppose, a lot of storylines came out of it, and um you know, and it's on again this weekend. I just think I don't know, sudden death football is just um fantastic. It's a, just a great time of the year. Hey, Brad, it's Kempy, mate. How are you? I'm good, Kempy. Good good chatting to you. Hey, mate, just did it did it pan out how you thought it would this weekend's uh, last weekend's games? Um. I expected the Storm to win. I, I just thought the Storm, they've been such a great club over such a long period of time. I think this is the be the first time since 2014 that they haven't gone beyond, you know, they haven't been um, been involved, featured in the second um, round or further of, of the Premiership. So that's a pretty pretty impressive record. Um, I just thought, yeah, playing down in, down in Melbourne against the Raiders, I thought they'd be too good. But um, the Raiders are... Raiders are on a roll, aren't they? They, they, they? they were really impressive. And they one thing with the Raiders, you know, win, lose or draw over the last couple of seasons, no matter how well they're playing, they never go away. So even when you're um, when you're leading against them, um, you know, they they've come back in a lot of games and, and won games of the death. And they did that against Melbourne. They just had that belief, and they yeah, they got the job done. Um, at, at the end, they managed to snatch the win. They started really well, and they finished really well. Um, so that's the yeah, that's the game that surprised me. I mean, Penrith beating Parramatta. Look, Penrith's been the best team for the last three years. I know Parramatta's had the wood on them a bit, but um, you know, particularly when Mitchell Moses went off, um, um, Parramatta fell apart. But also, I mean, that, the return of Nathan Cleary and his kicking game. You know, the kid, the boy from Mount Albert. Everyone's looking at Matt. He's a Mount Albert junior. Nathan mm-hmm. Cleary, but back after five weeks, and that yeah, they said his kicking game, and it wasn't just what he wasn't just the kicks but his selection and, and the way he chose when to, to you know to um, target Wonga Blake uh, and the some of the other players in the in the Parramatta back line. He didn't just put um, didn't just hoist at every you know the end of every set. It was it was selective and um, and every time he did that he, he just put enormous pressure on, on the on the Parramatta backs. Um, so yeah, Penrith winning no surprise. As I said, I thought Melbourne would win. Um, the, oh, the, look, the Sharks Cowboys was always going to be a, a toss of a coin, and then and it, what it came down to a, you know, and came down to some brilliant play by Jason Tomalolo and uh, and Valentine Holmes, you know, to get the Cowboys into um, extra time and then to, to snatch the win with a 43 metre field goal. And Roosters Rabbitohs, um, again, you know, like I, I had no expectation of who was going to win there. I thought either team were capable of winning, and like it was such a I don't know. Bizarre game. It was a real throwback type game, and and I think the Rabbitohs just kept their heads, and that's why they won. Uh, more kept their heads more than the Roosters. They didn't keep their heads for 80 minutes, but they kept their heads for a longer period, or they um, regained their composure to, to win win that match. Mm. I think you hit the nail on the head, Brad. Talking about every game just offered up something completely different. Um, be interested just before we move on to the games this weekend on how. Um, 
how that Sunday game has sort of been received over there? Because I know here it's been polarising with, you know, some people loved it, the intensity, uh, the drama, the fear of it. But then a lot of people also, you know, think that the game needs to be tidied up. We've got to get rid of the high shots. And, you know, seven Sinbins just, just isn't what the game should be. How's it sort of been received over there? So I, I reckon that on Sunday afternoon, everybody who was watching it was saying, how good is this? <laughs> this is this is finals footy. This is, you know... Rabbitohs, Roosters, you know, the oldest um, rivalry in the game. Um, people loved it. Um, but I think, you know, when everybody reflected um, later on, they thought, well, you know, the teams lost the plot. The players lost the plot. They forced the referee's hand. The game dragged on. It became a really stop start. Um, the Roosters in particular seemed to forget about, like, actually winning the game. They were more <laughs> interested in the in the booth. Um you know, I don't know whether that's because James Tedesco was off and there was no Joey Manu and they just, you know, thought the game was gone for, gone for them. But the game was in the balance right up until, you know, very, very late in the piece. Um, and, and I just think, yeah, people thought, like, you know, the, the, you know, yeah, the high shots, the niggles, a lot of it was just unnecessary. And, and, it, was all, and it was like, it wasn't like, um, you know, it wasn't thuggery or anything like that. But it was like, you know... The, what did the players think the referee was going to do? Like Waru mm. Hargraves, he, he was he was going to get seen off for Sinbind. You know, you all expected that he was something was going to happen. Nearly every every tackle that he was involved in, um, <laughs> he was just he, he, you know he, he just looked like um, yeah like he just looked like he he was um, yeah, he was going to do something that was going to that was going to result in him being um, sent off for Sinbind. And now he's got a, um, a three match suspension. He's going to miss the first going to miss all the pool games for the Kiwis at the World Cup, um, you know, just because basically he, it was like he couldn't control himself or like he decided that Tom Burgess was a target. Mm. Um, those, I thought that was disappointing from a senior player in the Roosters and Victor Radley, I mean, he got Sinbin in the fourth minute. The tone was set, but, you know, no matter what you think of what Victor did or how serious that was, the point was, why did Victor throw a punch? You know, might have, might have, might have, wouldn't have bruised a great, but, no. but, you know, like it was a stupid thing to do. You know, it's against the rules. Um, he got Sinbin for that, and yet he came back on and he was involved like third man in in a in a you know melee later in the game, and he got Sinbin again. Like mm. you know, the game was on the line at that stage. The game was on the line. It was I think it was twenty four fourteen. The Rabbitohs end up with another two players in the Sinbin, so they're down to eleven. Uh, but the, you know, the Roosters just couldn't regain their composure. I can Trent Robinson. He said it at the post match press conference, but. You know, not just what he said publicly. He's really disappointed with the discipline that his players showed in in that in that game. And for whatever reason, yeah, they just they said they they lost their heads, uh, and the game um, it sort of degenerated. It started off; it was really exciting, and you wanted to see that rivalry and that that aggression and that physicality. But but then you wanted to see some football, you know, and and, and the game just degenerated into a stop-start sort of slugfest and mm. you know cheap shots and and that sort of thing. So I think, as I said, when probably people were watching it, they thought this was, how good's this? You know, we've wound back the clock. It's great to see some two teams really going at it, you know, like as if there's no tomorrow. But then probably, you know, it, once the game was over, I think most people agreed that that's not really the type of football that we want to see uh, on, a, on a regular basis. And, you know, really the, um, the, the two teams, yeah, that's not, it wasn't a great advertisement, a great advertisement. Um, for the game uh, overall, so um, yeah, don't, I don't think we'll see another game like it for a long time. No, not not this weekend. And talking about this weekend, mate, just quickly, what do you, who you got? Do you think the Eels and Ray, 
uh, Raiders, um, Sharks, Rabbitohs, is there's any surprises in these games with Eels and, and Sharks? They should get it, but can the, can the Raiders or the Rabbitohs turn them over? Raiders can definitely uh, definitely win. I've got no doubt. Um, they've got nothing to lose. They, they it'll be a real fairy tale. Ricky Stewart's got a good finals record, so when his teams get into the finals, they they usually go pretty deep into the finals. Um, as I said, they've got that they've been in great form at the back end of the season. They've got nothing to lose. No one really expected them to do anything, possibly even themselves. Like they they were in ninth place going into the last rounds, you know, and oh, sorry, into the second last round they. Didn't get into the eight until until like the last week of the, of the regular season. Um, they knocked off Melbourne in Melbourne. Um, you know who's to say they can't go up, go up and beat Parramatta? Parramatta's coming off, a, um, you know, a, 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 I suppose a disappointing loss for them against Penrith. They certainly matched it with Penrith for the first say maybe 50 minutes, um, and then they completely sort of fell apart. Um, Mitchell Moses should be should be good to play. It sounds like he's. He's, he's going to be okay to play. Um, I thought I go a lot on body language, and I thought post match, um, Parramatta couldn't wait to get into the press conference, and they couldn't wait to get out of it. And you know, they they just the, I don't know the body language looked like a team that it that that it was a, it was a heavy loss um, that they that, that they they put a lot into winning that game, um, and you know, and that they there's you know there's all the history. Parramatta haven't won the premiership since 1986. Um, the, the last three seasons in a row, they've gone out, um, gone out of, in the finals um, in the first two rounds, and then been able to get past this coming weekend. Um, you know, and, and obviously Mitchell Moses um, not being able to finish the match. So they it seemed seemed like a like a heavy weight. I, I, at the time, I was, I was thinking Parramatta's done. Doesn't matter whether they play Melbourne or um, or, or Canberra. Um, but having said that, having been to Parramatta training, I caught up with um, Brad Arthur as well yesterday and they yeah they seem pretty relaxed and they certainly turn the focus really quickly on this weekend this coming game against the Raiders so I'm sort of discounting what, what I was thinking on Friday night now and I'm, I am thinking Parramatta it's at home um, it's at home they usually bounce back from a for, from a from a defeat like you know against one of the top teams like they had they'll be pretty focused they've got a good you know mm. one to seventeen they're they're a, they're a good squad yeah um, I'm, I'm picking I'm picking Parramatta. I'm picking Parramatta too, Brad. Um, I think I think so. You're, I'm leaning that way too now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking um, we're right. We've got uh, just we've got one minute left. Quickly, just uh, before okay. we let you go, uh, you got the Rabbitohs. Why? I've got the Rabbitohs, mate, because they got Cody, Cody Walker and Latrell Mitchell. They're guys that can win the game when it's on the line, just like uh, Jason Tomalolo and mm. Valentine Holmes did last weekend against the Sharks. Hey, mate, quickly. I, I said to Sammy, you're a Kiwi, aren't you? I'm not a Kiwi, but my wife is, and I've lived over there. There you go, Kim. There you go. <laughs> yeah. well, honorary Kiwi, mate. Yeah, we give him the title. Hey, uh, Brad, always appreciate you coming on. My friend, go well. We'll catch up again soon. Will do. No, look forward to it. Thanks. See you. Enjoy the weekend. There you go. Brad Walter there from NRL.com. Always great analysis from him. Uh, we'll take a short break. Sorry we couldn't get to you, Sean, and some of your questions there, Brad. Uh, oh, you just kept giving the analysis. So uh, we'll take great. a short break, and we'll come back after this. Have your say on the great game of rugby league. 0800 150 811. This is Running It Straight on SENZ.
Yeah, big thanks to uh, Gal fueling emission all year round. Uh, Kempi, we're running out of time here quickly because because uh, Brad, um, we couldn't stop him. We couldn't stop him. Just keep going and going. Um, so just quickly, uh, Eels Raiders, what's your pick for uh, Friday night? Eight oh, I think it's all it all lies on Mitchell Moses whether or not he gets through. I He's think been Mitchell, named. I think Mitchell Moses gets through. I think they get the Raiders. I back the Eels at home. I at think. Com Stadium. Yeah, and I think they. I think they are a team that has bounced back well this season. So I'm going to go for the Eels as well. Uh, what about Saturday night? 10 p.m. Elians, Sharks, Rabbitohs. Oh, look, I, I can't sp- again, Sam. I cannot split them. I can't split. I think Cody Walker, Latrell Mitchell, and that uh, combination they got, especially up against Talakai, what Peter Hickey showed down there. Either one of those edges um, will struggle with with uh, those two players. So you look at the Sharks and how they can grind out wins. If they're going to get, if they're going to get through to the next week. I reckon it'll be a real grind. Last time, excuse me, last time they played this season, 21-20. Golden point field goal, thanks to Nico Hines. Yep. Could be in for the same. Could be in for the same. Um, we'll take one more short break, come back and wrap the show after this. We're talking rugby league. This is Running It Straight on SENZ. Yeah, uh, just closing up our show before the run home with Beat and Steve, taking over from 4 o'clock. To, uh, Todd, I was going to say Peyton Manning. Todd Peyton. <laughs> Coming on the show. Imagine if it was Peyton Manning. Todd Peyton coming on the show uh, this afternoon. Yeah, Peyton Manning tomorrow. So that'll be fantastic. Stay tuned for that. Um, so, Kempi, we've got two games on this weekend. Friday night, 8 o'clock, Combank Stadium, 10 o'clock on Saturday. The late night game, and um, I'm just going to get you a crystal ball every week like I do. Um, you've said Eels, you've said... Did you, who'd you say? Sharks, Rabbitohs? Uh, I think Sharks and a close one. Okay, so Sharks, Eels next week, and then what happens after that? Uh... It'll be. I think the Cowboys and Penrith walk into the final. Okay. I think they're too wounded, both teams. There you go. And then Penrith. No, I'm picking Cowboys to win that the a final. Better boy. Better boy. Here we go. A little bit of jam for you. Um, so that is us for another week. We're back next Wednesday for another two hours. Absolutely cannot wait to see what the NRL throws up for us this weekend. Uh, B and Steve, the run home coming up after Johnny Max News. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.